0: You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, Welcome into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are glad that you are here. Um, If you are listening, you are listening to the Bonfire Podcast, what I believe is to be the best uh, Bible study, uh, Bible conversation podcast that you can find. We are so glad that you are joining us. Um, this week for this episode, uh, we are still in our series uh, called The Coming King, the Lion of Judah, where we're focused in on the end times of what's happening at the end of age, uh, just before Jesus returns uh, to this earth. And And it's been a great study, and we're going to continue in that today. And uh, Dad, I thank you for coming again today for us to go through yeah. this. I'm excited about what we got to to talk about uh, today. I do want to encourage all of uh, you who are listening, I would encourage you to to subscribe if you have not already. Uh, You can do that by going to any of your uh, podcast applications. You can hit the subscribe button there and then you'll get all of our episodes downloaded directly to you. You can also follow us and like us on Facebook and, and interact with us on social media. Uh, we have those uh, those pages up for you as well so we'd encourage you to do that um, as well and you know I was uh, I, the other thing I would encourage you to do is to reach out to us and, and let's let's start a conversation dad I had the great pleasure of talking to one of our listeners uh, today and so I want to give him a shout out uh, Colin uh, from Chattanooga Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, sent an email into bonfire Ministries at gmail.com and uh, he uh, found the podcast today uh, so yeah. this was his first day listening and That's great, uh, Colin. He, he was really excited about that. And so, Colin, thank you for listening. Thanks for the email. And I would encourage other listeners, if you're you're listening, uh, shoot us an email. We'd love to talk to you. i uh, sure. love, love to hear from you. Um, you. You don't have to ask a question, but if you have a question that you want to ask, we'll be glad to, to answer that. Or if you just want to drop us a quick note and, and say your name and where you're from, uh, we'd love to give you a shout out here um, on the podcast. We'd love to to interact with you. And so uh, feel free to, to interact with us and, and get on all these different platforms so that we can start the the conversation. Well, Dad, uh, I got a question for you. Do you like to run uh, yeah, when something's chasing me. <laughs> something's chasing you. Uh, well, you know, some people actually run for fun. That's right. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of in your boat. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a run for necessity type of a person. <laughs> yeah. You know, something needs to be uh, chasing me. But um, uh, people do like to run for exercise. It's, it's a very popular uh, sport um, that's out there and, and about. And so um, I want to speak to all you runners who are out there. Uh, there is a brand new podcast who's, uh, who's releasing this week um and this is uh, being uh, put on by a, a good friend of ours Jeremy Darby mm-hmm. um and he is his podcast is entitled Running with God and he's going to be focusing in on the world of competitive running, uh, talking about uh, those races that he's run and speaking with with runners about the races they've ran. And then, of course, turning that conversation into a gospel conversation and talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. So I would encourage you, if you're a runner, uh, to go check out the Running With God podcast. Now, right now, he is just on um Spotify, and he's working to get onto those other platforms. If you're a Spotify user, go check out the Running With God podcast. First episode dropped this week. Um, I listened to it last night, and uh, it was a great episode, so be sure to check him out. Well, Dad, uh, how's your how's your week going? Having a good week?
1: Uh, yeah, started out okay.
0: Oh, okay, good. Well, um, you know, it, it, it feels like the, the devil has been working. He's been on... Uh, he's definitely... Present and he's around and he's moving right. mm-hmm. and um, you know devil's a he's a powerful guy but mm-hmm. uh, I'm you know I'm thankful that uh, the devil doesn't have all the power right that's God, right God has all the power and and so uh, you know I know that many of you who are listening you probably have had tough weeks uh, we've gone through a tough uh, year uh, in 2020 with uh, COVID 19 and everything that's going on and. And even now as we get here, it seems like we're just on the cusp of of things getting better. There's still challenges that's happening in everyone's life. And so I just want to encourage everyone that to remember that God's still in control, and He's still on the throne, and He's taking care uh, of us, and uh, he, He's promised good for us. And so mm-hmm. uh, hold on if you're in one of those dark uh, periods of your life, uh, cling, to, cling to Christ, and uh, He will bring you through. Well, Dad, uh, this week we're going to be continuing our our study on the end times and looking at um, the tribulation, and we've made it to the halfway point. That's right. Well, I don't know if it's the halfway point of our – of the number of episodes, but it's the halfway yeah. point, um, at least for the tribulation, which that's is the, right. the time that we've been talking about uh, just now. And we've been relating this over to an American football game. Mm-hmm. And a, an American football game, right in the middle of the game, is halftime. That's right. right? Now, unlike halftime, uh, you know, halftime in a football game, there's really not much of, of anything that's meaningful to the game that occurs, mm-hmm. right? It's a time of rest uh, where the players go to the locker rooms, um, mm-hmm. it's a time where people flood out. The stands and go to concession stands to get something to drink or go to the restroom. Uh, you know, the band comes out on, on, on the field. Um, but for the tribulation, this half time or midpoint will be nothing like that. In fact, there's probably more activity happening there at that midpoint of the tribulation or or more critical activity happening right there at the midpoint of the tribulation uh, than than really any other time. And so right. um, it's going to be a very pivotal time in the end times. And so we're going to be talking about specifically those events that happen right there at the midpoint of the the tribulation. You know, what's interesting is that the events that will take place uh, there at the midpoint, those were prophesied centuries ago oh, yeah. by Daniel. That's right. Um, you know, Daniel uh, highlights that uh, the, the, the tribulation is coming. He also talks about those events that occur right in the middle of the tribulation. And in the middle of the tribulation, we have a main character who's, who's on the scene, and that's the Antichrist. Right. And we've talked about the Antichrist uh, quite a bit on this podcast, um, but we're going to talk about the Antichrist in a little bit more detail today, because he is going to be one of the primary players, if not the primary player, uh, when it comes to the midpoint um, of the tribulation. And so— um, as we get ready to, to kind of dive into what we're going to be talking about today, again, I want to go back and just talk about the Antichrist. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no brief answer uh, that you can give to explain who the Antichrist is or what he's like. Mm-hmm. And so as I was uh, studying, I, I was jotting down uh, things that kind of characterize the Antichrist. Right. And I've mentioned these on the podcast before, and I, I just want to hit them again, uh, just for, for those that are listening. So we know that the from reading the bible the antichrist is going to be an intellectual genius. Mm-hmm. He's going to come on the scene, he's going to have all the answers. He's going to uh, seem to be able to solve the world's problems, uh, which mm-hmm. is very easy. And so everyone's going to look to him and and say, "Wow, what a what a mind, what right. a what a brilliant person uh, that, that that he is." He's going to use this superhuman intellect uh, to really woo uh, the entire world uh, during that time. He's also going to be and and uh Oratorical uh, genius. And so he's going to be able to speak. Revelations 13, 2 says uh, that he has a mouth, and this is the mouth of a lion. Uh, this is a symbol that uh, that he has a majestic tongue, that he has a powerful, all-producing speech. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be an orator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be able to, to, to talk, and he's going to have smooth words. He'll be the smoothest politician that probably has ever been or ever right. will be. He's going to be a political genius. Um, that's another thing that that he'll be uh, viewed as. Remember, we talked about um, just a couple of weeks ago about the peace treaty, mm-hmm. right? He's going to ink probably the most uh, pivotal peace treaty of all times, uh, where he's going to have peace come with Israel and 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 the enemies uh, with Israel, and because of that, he's going to be viewed as this political uh, genius. He's going mm-hmm. to be a commercial genius. You know, at some point. Uh, The Antichrist will become the CEO of the global economy, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and, uh, this will happen most likely after the midpoint of the the tribulation, of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, But he's going to control commerce, Mm -hmm. um, and he's going to be the one pulling the strings in all the finances. And uh, if you're going to be buying or selling, you're going to be involved with the Antichrist um, at that time. He's going to be a military genius. You know, we we are going to talk about in this episode. Um, it really at, at at this point is where he becomes really militarily active. All mm-hmm. right, um, he he's going to begin his conquest um, as we talked about last week when we talked about that first. Uh, seal that was being broken. The Antichrist comes and it came to conquer, right? Right. And so he's going to be going out on a conquest to really conquer all these nations um, and, and bring them under uh, his control. So initially he shows up as a peacemaker. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got an olive branch, but he's going to quickly change that out for the sword as we see in Revelations. That's right. And then the last thing that he's going to be, and, 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 Uh, This one uh, is kind of a tough statement to say, but he's going to be a religious genius. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to be Satan's prodigy, and he'll be able to do something that neither Muhammad or Buddha or the Pope or anyone else has. He's going to unite the world into one religion, one one worship. That's right. Um, And everyone's going to be required to worship one thing. It's ultimately going to be him, which we're going to talk about today. Right. So— When you think about the Antichrist, Dad, what are some of the things that come to mind for you?
1: Well, soon after he comes to power, he's going to move the nations of the world to come together for the purpose of establishing a one world government, for which he is going to be the leader of, of course. Now, for many years, we have heard talk of a new world order. During the 20th century, political figures such as Woodrow Wilson and Winston Churchill used the term New World Order to refer to a new period of history characterized by a dramatic change in world political thought and the global balance of power after World War I and World War II was in thought there too. Now, the most famous usage of the term was given by US President George H.W. Bush in his speech toward a new world order delivered on September the 11th, 1990, during a joint session of the US Congress, in which he described his objectives for post Cold War global governments in cooperation with the post Soviet states. Now, in his speech, this is the speech of our president, former president. This is what he said. Until now, the world we've known has been a world divided, a world of barbed wire and concrete block, conflict and cold war. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order. In just these examples, you can clearly see that the concept of the countries of the world coming together under a one-world government is something that has been talked about and will one day be a reality. Such a one-world government is almost a bonus. Consider for a moment the global organizations that, which have already uh, come into existence in our day. The International Atomic Energy Agency, the International Labor Organization, the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, or known as the World Bank, the United Nations, the World Health Organization. We've heard a lot about that lately. The International Monetary Fund, the International Civil Aviation Organization, just to name a few. The formation of such international alliances has led to Dr. Samuel H. to declare there is no longer a question of whether or not there will be a world government. The question is when. James Warburg, appearing before the United States Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. Now, this was in 1950. He famously stated, we shall have a one world government or we shall have a world government whether or not we like it. The question is only whether world government will be achieved by consent or by conquest. Now today, seeing how things are going around the world in the wake of the 2020 pandemic and the recent presidential election in the United States, it definitely seems to me that we're not far from moving from just talking about a one-world government to establishing one. And this man that the Bible refers to as the Antichrist, will be that man that will make it happen. Some may be thinking that the world would never follow such a satanically controlled leader. But listen to this. Henry Spack, a spokesman for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial telecommunications in Brussels, belgium once made a profound statement relevant to that organization's goals and operations he said we do not want another committee we have too many already what we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of the people and lift us out of the economic morass into which we're sinking send us such a man and be he God or devil, we will accept him. The wish of Mr. Spack may soon be a reality. For the world will one day be ruled by a satanically controlled man, the Antichrist. And after he appears on the scene following the rapture, he will quickly rise to power over the nations of the world, first by consent and then by conflict. One of his first major achievements is for which he will certainly perhaps be given a Nobel Peace Prize, will be the signing of the peace treaty, Matt, with Israel, in which he will agree to protect Israel for seven years.
0: You know, Dad, as you were uh, going through that, a couple of things popped in, in my mind. And uh, you're right. The stage is being set in such a way for uh, this one world government, one world order, new world order to come together. I mean, it's it's amazing um, all the things that you can see kind of falling in place, particularly in 2020, right. a- as we see just this call for things to go to a global level, to to a, n- a national or sorry, an international a level and you know as you're reading that the other thing that I was thinking about is you know I talked about he's going to be the religious genius so he's not only going to pull everything together politically he's going to pull everything religiously which we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail and that too is being the the path is being laid for that now you know i, I can't count how many times i pass a car that has the coexist sticker On the back of it, I'm I'm sure everyone has seen those stickers where it's got all the different religious symbols from the different world religions together. Um, And there's uh, now this this big push coming from even inside what you would consider the church that there's more than one way to heaven, and that you know we all worship God, we all worship the same God. It's just the Muslim worships you know their aspect of God, and the Christian. Worships their aspect of God. You can just see the the handwriting is there, trying to get everyone comfortable with the idea of all getting on the same
1: page that we just all need to worship the same. That's right. You know the Antichrist is smart, and he is going to use religion to his own advantage. Now we know that there are politicians today that are really not godly people, but they use religion and appeal to certain segments of religions out there for their own political gain and purpose. And he's going to do that. It's been said that religion is the opiate of the people.
0: Mm. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, you know, as as we're talking about the Antichrist here, we've gone through and given you a, just a refresh or a reminder of who this is, who the Antichrist is, what he's going to be like. Um, we talked about his attributes, and, and, and Dad, you did a great lead-in to uh, him be becoming this one-world government leader. Uh, now I want us to, to dive into a little bit more about what the Antichrist is going to do uh, during this midpoint of the Tribulation, and we're going to dive into some scripture here. We're going to be looking today at some very familiar scripture, but we're also going to be kind of all over the place. And so we're going to start in the book of Daniel. Obviously, this is the uh, book of prophecy, um, and Daniel foretells of of uh, the Events that to occur in the future with such great detail—it's—it's it's unreal uh, to imagine that uh, this was written at like 450 BC, um, and to the detail at which. Uh, Daniel has written about things that have already been fulfilled and then ultimately things that are going to be fulfilled in the future. And so we're going to be starting first at Daniel uh, chapter uh, 9, verse 27. Again, it's a verse that we've looked at before, and I'm going to read this for you. If you've got your Bible, join along with us. It says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And on the wings of abomination shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. And so in this verse, we see here uh, the Antichrist at the midpoint of the tribulation. We we discussed this very verse when we talked about the tribulation and the fact that it's a seven-year period. Um, the book of Daniel talks about 70 weeks. Those weeks represent seven-year periods. And so this one week that's referenced here is the last seven years, uh, which we refer to as the tribulation. And so in this verse. We see at the midpoint of the the tribulation, roughly three and a half years into the seven-year period, the Antichrist is going to break his covenant of peace, and he will— put an end to the sacrifices and offerings that are occurring. Now, uh, for background, remember we talked about that this peace treaty um, or this covenant is going to be between the Antichrist and the the neighboring countries around Israel that are not friendly toward Israel. They're enemies of Israel, uh, but it's going to be a time of peace. And during that time, that's when we believe the third temple is going to be built Mm -hmm. and that uh, sacrifices and the religious activity of the Jewish people is going to return uh, there to the Holy Land. Uh, where it's where that's happening, that's happening all because the the antichrist has made this covenant. He's agreed that he's going to protect them and keep them safe, and that they can do this uh, for this period of time. However. He's going to end up breaking this peace treaty. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is I think pretty much every peace treaty in history has been broken. Uh, I don't think there's ever been one that actually makes it. Right. So this is no nothing different. But he is going to break this peace treaty at the three-and-a-half-year mark, and he's going to stop the sacrifices. And he's going to begin to show his true colors mm-hmm. a, a, of who he is. Now, up to this point, uh, we've talked about he's, he's a political genius, check. Mm-hmm. He's uh, an intellectual genius, check. Uh, He's an oratorial genius, check. Um, he's a peacemaker and he's been uh, pretty much everyone likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point is when he really begins to turn and to turn on who he is um, as, uh, you know, Satan, uh, basically himself uh, here on earth. And he's going to begin to persecute the Jews. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, no longer can you give your uh, your offerings and your sacrifices here in the temple. Um, and he's going to basically chase chasing uh, the, the Jews. Uh, and persecute them and begin to kill them. When we look over in Revelation um, uh, chapter 8, uh, verse 24, um, it says that he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Um, and I'm sorry, that's that's Daniel um, 8, uh, 24. So we know that he's going to be uh, this kind of military tyrant, uh, and he's mm-hmm. going to take place, he's going to begin that role right here at the midpoint. Of the tri- tribulation, so as he uh, makes his hostile takeover of Jerusalem and the and the temple, um, again many are going to be killed. Now, that we were talking before we got started, is is the Antichrist is already going to be in Jerusalem. We, we feel right. like that his his troops are already going to be there because he's obviously protecting them. Uh, so his presence will be there in Jerusalem. But at this point. He's going to take over. That's right. And it's going to become his headquarters. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he's going to make uh, his headquarters of his world rule right there in Jerusalem. And not only that, he's going to take over the temple as we're getting ready to talk about. And there's going to be some key activities that are going to take place there.
1: Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. You know, you mentioned that he is going to stop sacrifice. And even more than that, he's going to walk into the temple and take his seat. I believe in the Holy of Holies perhaps uh, sitting upon the ark of the covenant that mercy seat because you know I believe there's going to be that replica of this somewhere out there that's going to be pulled out and put in the temple you know mm-hmm. he's going to take his seat in the temple and he will proclaim himself to be god now some people think that what daniel prophesied Has already taken place you know what we're talking about the antichrist doing doing now indeed something very similar to what daniel prophesied has already happened over in uh, 167 bc a greek ruler by the name of antiochus epiphanes he set up an altar to zeus over the altar of burnt offerings in the jewish temple in jerusalem he also sacrificed a pig on the altar in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, what Antiochus Epiphanes did was definitely an abomination, something that was abhorrent and detestable. But what he did was not the abomination of desolation prophesied by Daniel. First, it didn't fit in with the timeline that Daniel gave for the abomination of desolation that he speaks of to occur second jesus spoke of the abomination of desolation that daniel prophesied as an event that had not happened during his time in matthew 24 15 jesus said therefore when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by daniel the prophet standing in the holy place jesus some 200 years after antiochus Desecration cited Daniel's prophecy is still being unfulfilled. Now, also, Antiochus did not fit the description of the prince that is to come that Daniel is writing about because he did not make a covenant with Israel for seven years. In addition, to some people wrongly associating Daniel's prophecy about the abomination of desolation that we feel like will be fulfilled when the Antichrist comes to the act of Antiochus Epiphanes. Others have wrongly associated Daniel's prophecy about the Antichrist abomination of the temple with the destruction of the temple by the Romans in A.D. 70 under Roman general Titus. But the abomination of desolation of which Daniel speaks... And to which Jesus refers speaks of the cessation of sacrifice in the temple, not the destruction of the temple. You see, the Romans destroyed the temple. Also, Titus, the general, the Roman general, does not fit the description of the prince that is to come that Daniel talks about because he, like Antiochus and Epiphanes, did not make a seven-year covenant with Israel. Now going back to the Antichrist abomination, the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2.4 is specific about what the Antichrist would do. Paul tells us that he will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God and that he will sit as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I believe that the Antichrist, when his army uh, takes over real quick, you know, they've been stationed there, like you talked about, Matt. When they take over and secure the area and secure the Temple Mount, he is going to go strolling right into the Holy of Holies and take his seat. Now, Revelation 13, 11 through 15 tells us about the false prophet who's going to come and assist the Antichrist. And Revelation describes Two beasts. The first beast is the Antichrist. The second beast is known as the false prophet. The false prophet will deceive the world through great signs like calling down fire from heaven. His job will be to promote the worship of the first beast, the Antichrist. Maybe you want to talk some about Revelation 13, 14 through 15.
0: Yeah, okay, I do. And before we get there, I want to go back uh, just quickly and, and talk about this abomination of, of desolation. Uh, yeah. So we've, we've we've jumped into it. And we're talking here, and and obviously what we're referring to is there's the ceasing of of the sacrifices and the offerings. We see that in verse 27. And then as you you go down further in the verse, it talks about and on the wings of abomination shall so be one who makes desolate. And Dad, uh, I, I was thinking about this and trying to to understand it. Um, and I was looking at the word abomination, and it says uh, abomination means something disgusting, something filthy, something detestable. Um, It's a generic term that's used uh, in the Old Testament really to to represent anything that's reprehensible to God. Mm -hmm. And and also in the Old Testament, we see that um, it's a term that's oftentimes or especially refers to idols or idol practices. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what this Term abomination means. Now, you reference that uh, Jesus talked about this also in Matthew 24. And so he references what um, Daniel said and uh, here in, in Daniel uh, chapter 9. And so we have to answer the question, what is the the abomination of desolation? And, and it really comprises, I, I think, several things. As you said, it's going to be the ceasing of the sacrifices um, and the offerings in the temple. Um, I also see it as what you just talked about there. What Paul says is that um, it's going to be. Uh, where the Antichrist himself goes into the, the temple. He, he sits there and he proclaims that he is God, he exalts himself above all else and, and really wants the world to worship him. That's right. Um, that's the second thing. And then the third thing is um, really uh, Revelation chapter 13. And, and so let's uh, take a look at Revelation chapter 13. Let's look at uh, verses uh, 14 and 15 here in, in, in Revelation. So it says, and he deceived those who dwell on the earth by those signs, which was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he granted power to give breath to the image of the beast and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause the beast uh, to be worshiped, um as the image of the beast who was killed. Now there's a lot going on in in those two verses but right. and we're going to unpack that a little bit more but just to give you the high level overview of what we're we're seeing here is that um, uh, the kind of the third thing that we see as being part of this abomination desolation is that there's going to be an image uh, erected in some form or some fashion, and we'll talk a little bit more about what yeah. that that is going to be, um, that will be in the liking of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the world will be required to worship um, that uh, image. In fact, it, it says that uh, you'll either worship the image or you'll be killed, mm-hmm. is basically what the words say there in uh, Revelation. And so that as we were getting ready to record, we were talking about what is the image. You know, when we think about um, the Bible, and, and particularly idolatry, uh, so many times we go to something physical, like a, a tower, a statue... Um, or a painting. Or, or a painting yeah. of, of some sort. Um, but as we were talking, that uh, as we look through time, it that, that doesn't necessarily have to be something like that. And there are a couple of different options um, of things that it can be. Now, we must be clear. We don't know. It doesn't say. So. And so what we're talking about here is just things that, that, that could happen uh, during that time.
1: Yeah, you know, I was... Uh, thinking as I was doing some reading and background study on this, that it just could be that the image is not a statue. For years, I thought about the image being a statue of the Antichrist. And of course, we've been seeing statues on the news during uh, the past year, 2020, because they've been taken down you know, and destroyed. Statues of Christopher Columbus and you know other uh, leaders in the country in years past for various reasons. But it doesn't have to be a statue. You know, it could be a clone. It could be a clone of the Antichrist. And so we were talking about how that uh, could happen and a clone could be made of him. And the, the false prophet uh, makes this clone image of the Antichrist speak and you know, that would awe the world. Uh, we were talking about it a while ago. I mean, well, we, we hear of the cloning of an ear or parts of the body, yep. but I've never heard of the cloning of a human being and and saw on television a human being that was cloned and is walking and talking.
0: No, not not yet, but the technology is definitely there. It's there. You yeah. know, the other thing that that I saw is, is people were just kind of proposing what, what could happen is the use of artificial intelligence. You yeah. know, um, it, it could be that, um, that the... Uh, Antichrist uh, replica is made to be like a robot um but you know robots now have the ability to have ai or artificial intelligence in there that allow them to speak and to do different things and so there's a host of different things that that could happen um in order to um to make this image come about now there was some other pieces here in this uh, scripture that was alluded to that we didn't necessarily go into um, you know, when the Antichrist uh, comes on the stage, um, he is going to be a direct counter to that of Christ. That's what Antichrist means. But he's also going to try and copy um, himself to be like Christ. Right. And so, uh, Dad, to share some things about um, how the Antichrist will almost be a counterfeit copy of that of Christ.
1: Well, according to the timeline of events laid out in the book of Revelation, before the Antichrist walks into the temple and declares himself to be God, the scriptures tell us that he will be mortally wounded, maybe in an assassination attempt. In Revelation thirteen four, 4, we, we've got into Revelation 13 a few moments ago, the Bible speaking of the Antichrist says, And I saw one of his heads as it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. Now, many commentators see this verse referring to a fake death and resurrection enacted by the Antichrist as part of his lying deception. And I say a fake death because even though Satan has power, he doesn't have power to raise a person from the dead as God can. Now, in two other places in Revelation chapter 13, the Apostle John alludes to the wound of the Antichrist. In Revelation 13:12, he says, and he, referring to the false prophet, exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence meaning the antichrist and causes the earth and all those who dwell upon it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed and then in revelation thirteen fourteen, the apostle john mentions the antichrist who was wounded by the sword and lived now the false prophet this religious leader will use this fake resurrection of the antichrist to get the people of the world to worship the antichrist as jesus who died and was resurrected receives worship today so jesus died he was resurrected the antichrist sets himself up to mimic christ He comes on the scene, as we talked about last week, riding on a white horse, like Jesus is said to ride on later on in the book of Revelation when he returns at his second coming. He tries to copy Christ, and so he will try to copy Christ in his resurrection. Now, people will begin to worship the Antichrist voluntarily after his fake resurrection, but those that worship voluntary after his fake resurrection, will eventually be forced to worship the Antichrist after he enters the Jewish temple and declares himself to be God and stops the daily sacrifices. Thus again, the abomination of desolation that Daniel talks about. And after the image or the statue of the Antichrist is made at the order of the false prophet, they will begin to worship this Antichrist. They will bow down and worship him as God.
0: Yeah, so I just want to go back and, and kind of put all this together for uh, for our listeners. And so um, we're talking about this midpoint of the tribulation, and the Antichrist is is on the scene. And um, the first thing that occurs is is uh, there's going to be all those signs that you're referring to, Dad. There's going to be the breaking of the the treaty, um, and stopping of the the um uh, sacrifices that are going to happening uh, there in the temple uh, there's going to be the antichrist exalting himself as, as as god and placing himself there in the temple and then there's going to be this image um, replica copy uh, of of him that is going to be made or created um, that people are going to be forced to, to to worship, and so uh, that's uh, en- encompasses kind of what's happening here at the midpoint of the tribulation. Now, for some of our listeners, if you've followed us, you know we we started talking about Israel, and you may be wondering, well, what? Happen to Israel, right? Um, I, I said that they are going to be persecuted. I said that they are going to um, uh, to to come under heavy, heavy persecution, and, and a lot of them will be ke- killed uh, during that time. Uh, but the the Israelites are going to flee. That's right. And um, so I want to go and I want to talk about that uh, briefly uh, here before we 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 get out of uh, this session. So we're going to go back to to Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter. Uh, Uh, chapter 24, looking at verse 15 here. And so I want to read this uh, to our listeners. It says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation. So again, this is Jesus speaking Mm -hmm. and he's referencing uh, the abomination of uh, a desolation that was spoken by Daniel. Uh, He says by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads this, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let him who sits on his housetop, not go down and take anything out of his house And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes, but woe to those who are pregnant and for those who are nursing babies on that day, and pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation such that none has ever been seen before in the world until that time, nor shall there ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened. Now in here, Jesus is, is talking, this is the Olivet Discourse where uh, he's speaking to uh, the disciples and they were asking about the end times and his return. And so uh, he's he's giving them a, a sign of saying, this is when you know uh, you're, you're in the end times. This is again, this abomination desolation. And then the back end of that, he talks about the, the Israelites fleeing, the children mm-hmm. of Israel fleeing. And um, we know a, a couple of things that this is referring to Israelites, obviously because it talks about those who are in Judea, but it also talks about those uh, having to travel on the Sabbath. So obviously that's going to be something that's um, the key into this is referring to Israelites, right? Right. Because an Israelite is technically not supposed to travel on the Sabbath. Um, but he's saying that you're going to have to flee during this time. And so the, the other verses of Scripture that I want us to look at um, around this are found over in Revelations chapter 12. And uh, this is John writing, and and there's a lot of imagery here, but I want to, to, to us to, to review this as well. It says, now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Again, this is a reference, the woman being a reference to Israel. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, and and she was taking flight into the wilderness uh, to her place where she was nourished for the time and the time and a time and a half Mm -hmm. uh, from the presence of the serpent. Now, a time, a times, and and a half a times represents Three and a half. That's right. And so that's referring to three and a half years um, there of the second part of the the tribulation. So so it says uh, here that... Uh, the Israelites are going to flee, and they're going to be uh, hiding out. Now, uh, we were talking about it before we got started. That many uh, Bible scholars and 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 uh, people who write commentaries refer to the Israelites going to Petra, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the place of the hiding. Um, the Bible says they're going to retreat to the mountains, and so we don't exactly know where that's going to be, but we know that the Israelites are going to go, and they're going to have divine protection um, because that remnant is obviously going to to make it to the last day, right? Um, in which Jesus. Uh, does return to the earth, and again they're going to be divinely protected because what we're going to talk about in the second part of the tribulation, and even Jesus says uh, there in Matthew twenty four, um, that uh, humanity is not going to be able to survive right what's about to unfold, and you know everything that we've talked about leading up to this is very bad. Uh, the seven seals were terrible. Um, but when we get into the, the trumpets and the bowls that are going to yeah. be poured out, uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking next level stuff. That's why it's referred to as the Great Tribulation, right, right. is that last uh, three-year period. And so uh, the Israelites are going to be um, there in, 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 uh, in, in safekeeping, if you will, with divine protection. Now, uh, if you're, you're thinking about this as I was, Dad, you know, I'm sitting here thinking of, okay, the church— Right. Those that are in Christ are gone. They've been raptured out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, uh, during that um, uh, three and a half year period, the first three and a half year period of the tribulation, there will be those that come to Christ. I mean, it's going to be a very hard time Mm -hmm. um, for someone to come to Christ, but there are going to be believers. And you have to think, what, what's going to happen to those believers? And unfortunately, I, I can't find anything in the Scripture that suggests that they're going to have any relief mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they're going to be forced into uh, worshiping the beast. Uh, if they don't worship the beast, they're going to be killed. Um, uh, later on, we're going to see if they want to be a part of the economy and have commerce. They're going to have to fall in line with the beast. And so um, a a non-Jewish, a Gentile believer at this point um, it's got a very tough road ahead That's of. right.
1: Now, the believers, they will not take the mark, but um, it's going to be pressure, pressure uh, to bow down and worship the Antichrist or, you know, the results are going to be decapitation. Yep. And, and of course, we we have seen you know the the old ancient custom of uh, uh, murdering and butchering people by taking off their heads. I mean, that's become a common thing in the Muslim countries among ISIS and these other militant Muslim groups. Mm-hmm. And it's and the Antichrist is going to use that too. Hey, that was used during the French Revolution as well. Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. And so, um, it's not going to be a time uh, that anyone uh, should want to to experience. And no. so. Um, you know that's that's really uh, the purpose of of doing the podcast. You know, I, I was listening to different people talk on the, the subject, and you know, I heard one person say that they don't like to, to talk about Bible prophecy um, because it doesn't apply uh, because oh we're not goodness. we're not going to be here, right? Um, and and while there there is comfort in knowing that the the church, those in Christ, have been raptured out of this, it's still vitally important for us to talk about this and to understand these events that are going to occur. Because what we're doing here is to get the message out that, hey, Jesus is coming back. This is what's going to happen um, as his his return. There is a way uh, that you can avoid uh, this, and there is a way that you can, can get out of the tribulation, and that's to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so um, that's why we're, we're talking about it. That's why we're discussing it is, is, one, we want to know it. We want to make sure that people are aware of, of what's going to happen, and then we can share that with others, that there is a way to avoid this, and that's to put their faith in Jesus Christ christ that's as right. their personal lord and savior so as we've done in almost every episode in this series i want to encourage you if you haven't done that if you haven't given your life to, to christ today is a great day to do that uh today mm-hmm. is the day of salvation the bible says um and so uh, put your faith and your trust in jesus today uh, turn away from your sin and rely on him and the work of the cross um uh, for your salvation
1: that's exactly right Dad,
0: do you have anything else before we uh, get ready to close
1: well uh I uh, think about what took place in Germany uh, prior to the start of World War II and during World War II. Six million people, Jewish people, were exterminated. Gas chambers, death camps, etc. you know, genocide. And that wave at anti-Semitism that was in Germany and in Europe is nothing compared to the way it's going to be uh, during the tribulation. Uh, This is going to be an awful time for the Jews. It's also known as the time of Jacob's trouble, but it's going to be an awful time for anyone, as you said, Matt, living on earth, Gentile included, and, you know, you don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. And thank God I'm not going to be. I'm going up to rapture to be with Jesus and in heaven when all of this is going on. And we want you, the audience of the podcast, we want you uh, to be right with God and go up to be with Jesus. And he returns in the air to catch away his church, too, as Matt said. And, you know, uh, Matt, if you're ready to close, I'd, I'd love to pray a, a prayer of salvation. It may be, be that somebody out there that that uh, would like to accept Jesus. They just don't know how to accept Jesus. Well, number one, you've got to be willing to turn from your sins. If you really believe that Jesus is who He claimed to be, the Almighty Son of God, He did for you what uh, He claimed to do for you, to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for your old sins that separate you from God, who else has ever done that for you? Out of gratitude for what He did? why you're going to turn from your sin. That's repentance. So you've got to acknowledge that you've sinned, I know years ago I didn't have any problem doing that. <laughs> uh, you've got to acknowledge that you've sinned. You've got to deal with those sins, turn away from those sins. And when you turn away from something, you've got to turn to something. You've got to turn to Jesus and ask Him with your own mouth. The Bible says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead. Ask with your own mouth, ask Jesus to come and live inside of you with His Spirit, to take control of you and to wash all your sins away. He will do that. Uh, His blood was shed. His blood was poured out in his veins to... Provide the antidote to wash away your awful sins and mine, uh, to make us clean and white as snow, to take away that that barrier of sin that you might uh, enter into a relationship with God. No longer be at enmity with God, but be at peace with God. Jesus made it possible. So you got to repent. You got to believe. Ask Him to come into your life, and He will change you. Now I'm going to pray. Is it okay for me to go ahead and close yeah, out? Go, go ahead. I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. I prayed when I was a boy, 10 years of age. You know. So it might not be word for word for certainly because that's almost 51 years ago, but uh, I'm going to pray what a sinner will say would want to pray to God. And this is the sinner's prayer. If you're out there listening uh, and you want to become a Christian, then you, you humble yourself before God. I suggest that unless you're driving down the road in the car, you get on your knees today and you clasp your hands. And you you have the heart that you're going to turn from your sins, and you pray this prayer. And I'm going to pray it real slow in case uh, you would like to pray this sinner's prayer along with me where you invite God to come into your life. It's just a sinner's prayer. It's got to be prayed in faith. Here's that prayer. I'm going to pray it slow. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I want to be forgiven of my sins. I know Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. He took my punishment. I accept what Jesus did on my behalf by asking Jesus right now, I want you to be my Savior. I promise to live for you, Jesus, starting today for the rest of my life. Please come and live inside my body and take control of me by your Holy Spirit and change me And make me to be more like you. And take me to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you happen to pray that prayer, I want to be the first
0: uh, to welcome you and congratulate you um, welcome you into the family of God and call you a brother or sister we would love to hear um, about your decision you can send us an email at bonfireministries at gmail.com uh, just drop us a note saying that you prayed to receive Christ and we will rejoice and pray uh, for you as you continue to grow uh, Dan when we talk about next steps you know someone who makes a decision today uh, the next step that they need to do is they need to get a get a Bible and get in it start start reading the Word. They also Mm -hmm. need to find a good Bible-believing church um, and, and get into that church. Make sure that they've got good, sound doctrine, and if you need help finding that, we'll help you find that. Um, and uh, begin to grow in, in, in God's uh, in God's Word and and to grow uh, in your walk with Christ. And so, um, again, if you, you made that decision today, we are so happy for you. We'd love to talk to you a little bit more uh, about your decision. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, please join us next time. We'll be back next week um, as we talk more about uh, the uh, end times. Here we'll be getting into the second half of the the tribulation, um, leading up to uh, you know the ultimate. Uh, Uh, end end of the game there where Jesus returns. And so uh, we've got uh, probably a a few more sessions to go in this series. We hope it's been um, enjoyable for you. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.